How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, guys. Hi. This is Goop Yourself, the podcast where we talk about everything goop. I'm Brian Rucker. I'm Aggie Hewitt. I had a goop dream last night. What? Seriously? Uh Uh-huh. What was it? I dreamt that Gwyneth and Elise were relaunching their magazine. Oh, God. Um, What a beautiful dream it was. I know. (laughs) And their theme was Christmas in July. Okay. <laughs> because they didn't real they saw other magazines do like working on their Christmas issues and they didn't realize it's because other magazines like need to check recipes and like fact check and stuff and it takes a long time to create a magazine. Mm-hmm. And so they thought that everyone was doing a Christmas in July issue. And then I just remember an image they had this like centerfold of of themselves that you pulled out and it was Gwyneth and Elise in like sexy Santa bikinis. Wow. That's insane. And I think they would never, I don't think that would ever happen. And I was at some weird, like fancy version of CVS that was actually like, uh, like a mom and pop drugstore. And you told me to like buy several issues of the magazine. So I could give you, well, that, that really happened. Right. That I mean, dreams are, you know, fragments of your real memories and consciousness. So Because I think, didn't you buy me one at Gelson's or did I, I think buy so, you yeah. one at Gelson's? Uh, yeah. I think I bought you one and then another month you, you might have bought me one. I forget. Yeah. So interesting. Um, interesting. But yeah, that was, that was my goop dream. Like right before I woke up this morning. Wow. So, and it's still with you. Yeah. Well, I, cause now I do my morning pages. And I made oh, a point, do? yeah, because I like, I'll do my yoga and then I'll do morning pages and then I'll do meditation. Oh um, my God, Brian, do you feel great? I, I just passed a thousand minutes of meditation yesterday. Uh, so on how, is your, how are you changing? I feel honestly to be, to be really honest and I'm not, I mean, maybe part of it is like a placebo effect, but I do feel like I'm a little more clear headed and I'm a little more like thinking more deeply about things and also like more creative, like, like more ideas will pop into my head. Oh, that's awesome. And I don't know if that has anything to do with it or also cause I'm like 
well, I was drinking less and then I went to Tahoe last week and drank like a bottle of wine a night, but. Oh yeah. Um, it's Tahoe. Yeah. And I didn't weigh myself at all until I got back and I like lost a pound. I think because I don't know what it was. I think maybe I was walking more. I have no idea. Are you on a weight loss journey? No, I'm just on like a let's see <laughs> journey. Like I'm curious. Yeah. Um, on a health journey. Yeah. And like, I've been, I mean, I've been like maintaining my weight, but I think I, I, I've been doing basically every healthy habit except for restricting my calories, mm-hmm. which is like the only one that matters if you want to lose weight. Yeah. And like the one that is hardest for me to do. Yeah. Really uh, but I don't, but, I don't feel like I need to lose weight. So I'm fine. But as long as you're doing like the other stuff, it's like, that's yeah, more yeah. important. Yeah. Totally. Just like, be healthy. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. I mean, I'm not because I had my egg retrieval on Tuesday, so I'm not doing anything. I'm just like basically stuck in bed. Hey, but that's, I mean, it's great that you did it. And now the worst is over. Um, Thank God. Except for like actually being pregnant and like having to give birth. (laughs) Yeah, that will be, seriously, I'm dreading that so much, but they they're gonna keep them until I'm 52 I think so you got so much time I have time except for I don't know if it's like physically I think they keep them longer than it's like physically possible to use them (laughs) but I'll have them I mean being a 52 year old mother of a newborn is I mean I guess it'll be it'll be more and more common as like we get older but it is like it is um jarring to see a woman in her 50s with a baby yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, I think I'll be like a scary, like old hag with like a child and I'll, they'll people will be like, she's a witch and I'll be like the witch from the movie, The Witch. Just pretend it's your grandchild that Well, you... I mean, that is like a grandmother age. Yeah. Well, whatever. We'll see. Maybe uh, 40. Yeah. You still have time. You still have a lot of time for 40. And 40 is like oh, totally exactly. normal to have a kid. Yeah, it's 40s normal to have a kid. Yeah. At this, in, in nowadays. Oh my God, yeah. I think 42 is like really the end. Okay, I can see that. Oh, but like, yeah. When you turn 42 in however many years, then, I mean, I think the Overton window will have shifted even more, so. Well, then it'll be whatever, 52. Yeah, you'll never grow out of childbearing years if the Overton window keeps shifting. <laughs> I know. I'm like the new Charlie Chaplin. Oh, God. Um, no, I'm really glad that I did it. It takes a big, like, because when that biological clock is ticking, I was feeling like I didn't want to have a baby right now, but it makes me feel just like to know that like, okay, like it might not be possible in a few years or whatever made me feel so panicky. Yeah, I could see that. So just to be like, I've got these eggs, they're fucking on ice, like, I just have to pay to keep them, you know, keep them frozen and keep them, like, maintained. So they're holding these eggs hostage if you miss a payment, they, like, execute them? Yes, if you miss a payment, they destroy them. Really? Just, like, one payment? Like, is there a grace period? They said you get, like, 90 days or something. Wow. Yeah. That's so harsh. They're not fucking around. Cause like if I miss my Honda payment, it'll be like a month later and like maybe I'll get a phone call, but it's not. They're not gonna come and take the no. car. They're not gonna be like, guess what? You're never having children. Yeah, you're never. 
<laughs> That's so crazy. I know. I mean, the whole thing is crazy. I mean, it's like there was this interesting article about fertility equality, like an opinion piece in the New York Times uh, this week that I read because I probably wouldn't normally have read it, but I was just interested because I'm like going through all of this and it was. Like, wow. So you uh, read fertility articles in the New York Times, but you won't read them on Goop. That's actually, yes. <laughs> but this was also completely like an opinion piece. It okay. wasn't about like, um, and it was the, for the fertility things on Goop were all like, here's my harrowing tale of when I had menopause at 32 or something. It's like these horror stories that I'm like, I don't want to read this. Um, but this was about surrogacy and like making it more affordable for families that aren't like, that are like less heteronormative or whatever, which is great. Um, and they should do that, but they should also make it more affordable. I mean, it should just be more affordable for everybody. Like surrogacy, I guess is complicated because it's like a female bodied person has to carry the baby. So it's like a kind of sketchy. Yeah. And you era. have to pay like for their labor is like, cause it's such a, it's such a harrowing, like personal thing for someone to go through. Like I mean, it, it will yeah. inevitably be expensive to hire a surrogate. Yeah. I mean like, and it should be if you're yeah. paying someone to do that for, I mean like that's a huge job. Totally. Um, but just like all of the costs associated with this stuff are, I mean, it's prohibitively expensive for like everybody. I mean, it's so, I mean, it is crazy how much it costs to do this stuff. I mean, we've never, I mean, we, I don't think either of us like care that much about having kids. I know. I mean, I think John would probably be more into it than I am, but like, we've never even talked about it because we just assume it's completely prohibitively expensive. Well, the surrogacy thing is like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, everybody has their own thing, but I don't think, I think even adopting is really expensive. Oh, yeah. Unless you use one of those like shady, like Russian or like those, what was the, the Jewish one from the three identical strangers? Like that crazy lady. Oh yeah. Where it was like, they were all, everyone, all the kids were Jews and they placed you with other Jews. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Call like, it that broad. God, that was fucked up. Yeah. Uh, and now because I mean like, well, there's so much, I mean, uh, justifiably uh like transracial adoption is is su such a more fraught complicated subject than i think in past yeah. generations um yeah. i think like in the past and maybe this is not right but like i assume like middle class or like less wealthy gay couples would would instinctively go to more like third world countries um because that was the only option financially available and now, I mean, I guess people still do that, but it seems like it's, that whole thing seems like sketchy. Like the, the stereotype of like a gay couple having a cute Asian baby or whatever seems sort of gross now when it was like considered very cute a decade ago. I don't know. Well, yeah. And I mean, that was also common for like straight couples too. I mean, but that was very, like a very contentious issue. I get like Angelina Jolie made that, made it like yeah. when she had this family of children from all over the world. That and like the guys on Modern Family yeah uh, madonna and charlotte on sex in the city oh yeah but i don't think no i guess she was i guess, i don't know if that daughter was supposed to be from like i don't know where she was supposed to be. she was asian mm -hmm. um but 
Yeah. I, I mean, I know I've worked for families that have adopted children from other countries and I know that it's like, um, that's extreme. It can, it's very expensive to do that. Mm. Um, with the, the legal way, I'm sure there are like sketchy ways to do it for less money. You always have to adopt your child the legal way. <laughs> everything, everything relating to children must always be done legally. That's the one thing that you, you really don't want to get into a wayfair for. cabinet situation. Yeah, no, you're not going to buy them. Don't get them on wayfair. Uh, I had to stop listening to the Crazy Days and Nights podcast because he was getting too into like those crazy conspiracies. Really? More, About yeah. Wayfair? Yeah. Like I was, I wanted to hear like the celebrity gossip and then like half of his podcasts were about Wayfair and he wasn't, he was, he was just egging people on in a way that I was like, oh, this is this guy's whole thing. And then I kept noticing um, weird ticks, like clearing his throat and like sniffing his nose. And I was like, oh, you're okay. like a cokehead or on amphetamines. I mean, allegedly. But yeah. I stopped. Why not? I, he would say that about you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and I was like, oh, this guy's ri- sort of like disgusting. And then I like immediately stopped paying for his Patreon and like deleted all my episodes. I was like, this is gross. Wow, 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 wow. So yeah. you took a stand against this. Yeah, because I was just in the middle of listening to this wait. And he was like, well, I don't think like the, the kids are actually in the cabinets, but like it's very weird that these cabinets are very expensive. And like, I do think it has to do with, you know, child trafficking. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, it doesn't have anything to do with it but it is weird (laughs) well yes i agree it's weird but i definitely don't think that they were trafficking children using wayfair catalogs Uh, no because you couldn't i'm sorry but like there would be a little bit more of a screening process if you wanted to buy a teenager or a child than just going on a website and paying ten thousand dollars like they they wouldn't know if you were the feds or anything i I, I just think it would be a little more difficult to to participate in something like that. I to me, it's just like how like crazy and like sad the people who believe in this stuff are, where like they can't conceive of like being like in the know or like knowing people or just like getting anything that's in any way outside of like the mainstream. So like to them, the only way to purchase something is through like a Wayfair or like yeah. Amazon. And they're like, if you can't go to Walmart to get it, then like, how do you do it? <laughs> That's what it seems like to me where it's like, have you ever bought drugs? Like, have you ever like snuck into something? Like, have you ever, it's like, it's just like sad. Yeah. That they couldn't conceive of an actual like alternative way to purchase something. That's true. Yeah uh interesting um all my reading now is every night i just read the new vanity fair galane article because there's like a new one every night so what's going on with galane because to be honest i haven't really been keeping up that yesterday well yesterday's article was just about her relationship with trump which honestly wasn't much it was just like oh they were you know definitely partying together in palm beach in the 90s um and there hasn't really been any like records of them together in the past, you know, 15 years or whatever, since he uh, turned against Jeffrey Epstein. Um, I really do think that like whoever is, I mean, I'm not a Trump apologist by any stretch, but 
I do think that whoever is like really bad and like really involved with this stuff is someone like we don't even know about. Like, I think that like the Trump, the Clinton thing, like they're shady, but like the whoever is, I think that it's like people that we don't even know who, that they were even on the plane. Like people that like are so secret. Uh, maybe. I mean, do you think there are people that like weren't in the black book that were like too powerful to even be listed? Or I think that was Epstein's whole thing was recording like everybody that he had a connection with to to keep leverage over them. Yeah, maybe. But like maybe there's somebody that was recorded, but we don't know about it. Or like maybe someone was filmed, but we don't have the records. Oh, yeah. I definitely think there are like films of people that I don't know if Ghislaine knows where they are or what, but well, that's what, what people were thinking why Trump said, oh, I wish her well, because he would, similarly to Michael Cohen and Roger Stone and stuff, like they have leverage over him. So he wants to keep in their good graces and then perhaps like pardon them or pardon her after she's convicted. So she wouldn't disclose, you know, compromising material about him. Yeah, I mean, I really can't wait for her to start singing like a bird <laughs> i i mean i hope so i hope she uh doesn't get covid in the old brooklyn correctional facility i mean yeah i don't know i um i i don't i think that she's gonna i don't know i feel like she's gonna testify like i think she's gonna survive i mean it would be so crazy if she didn't but everything has been so crazy. But yeah, I, I agree that like, they're gonna pay, you know, special attention to keeping her alive. I know, but then it's like, who is they? And like, aren't they also the ones who like wanna kill her? I don't That's know. That's true, That's true. I just wanna see a picture of her new, like her new hairdo and her new face. There's been like drawings, but there haven't been any I've photographs drawing, released. Oh, I just want a photograph. Apparently she looks crazy. Yeah. Um, did you listen to, because we talked about her uh, a few weeks ago, Z-Way, her interview with Alyssa Milano last week. I did. Oh, it was the best one yet. It was, I mean, everyone turn off our podcast, go on Z-Way's Instagram and watch it. It's so crazy and amazing. I honestly, um, I thought it was very telling about Alyssa Milano as a person, but I found it like, I found her so unpleasant and like difficult to listen to. I was like skipping ahead for a lot of it just because she rambled so much. I was like, I can't listen to this. Yeah, I I totally understand what you're saying. It was it was just fascinating to me how the juxtaposition of how sort of in the know she thought she was being and how like like what a good sense of humor she thought she was having and how clueless she actually was was just so fascinating to me. It honestly wasn't fascinating to me because, and I, I said this on another podcast, but um, this one's coming out first, um, but I feel like I've known a lot of like girls like that, or like, especially who were like, had to do with like maybe being actors yeah, or yeah, yeah. whatever, who like, when you, who present and seem like on social media and maybe if you only know them a little bit as being like really smart and really cool and really like whatever. Not that people thought that really about Alyssa Milano anymore at this point, but whatever. But when you like talk to them and know them really well, you they're like completely vapid and self-absorbed and like incapable of having an actual conversation. So Alyssa Milano to me just seemed to have that personality that like we've met a lot of 
people like that, women and men who have that same. Oh, totally. Yeah. All, it, a lot of actors are like that. A lot of people in LA have a similar personality to her. Yeah. And she's been like in the biz her whole life. Uh, but yeah, that the thing, I mean, it was just sort of how sure of herself she was that she was like this brilliant woke person and how just, I mean, not only clueless, but like actively racist. I mean, the fact that she, she didn't know who, I mean, like people, you know, Marcus Garvey or uh, Angela Davis, she thought, I think she thought no Angela one, Davis was deceased. Like no one knew, knows who Marcus Garvey is in those, inter- she asks everyone. And yeah, and people don't. Knows who he is. And um, she also, my favorite was when um, she was like, do you have any black friends? And she was like, I know this is DJ. Called, my like, producer, Jimmy Jam or whatever. <laughs> She was like, I know Jimmy Jam and my best friend is Palestinian. <laughs> and she claims that like she she worked with Jimmy Jam when she was like a teenage aspiring pop star. And then she hadn't talked to him in 30 years or whatever. And then she just called him or like texted him in the past couple months to like see if he was okay. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's like, that's not your friend. No. Like you are not friends with Jimmy Jam. Ugh. Oh my God. Yeah. But you know, I get it. It, it, they are they are like very long. I for they are just endlessly fascinating to me. I could watch them over and over again. I mean, most of them. I I mean, I really like them. I watch as many of them as I can. I've also found that like she stopped posting them after she records them, and you can only read the transcripts for most of them. Oh really? No, they're on. They think they're still on um, her Instagram. If you click the like past the like TV little icon. I think I haven't there, been able so. to get it. I've been trying because I wanted to go back and watch. I was only able to watch like clips of the Rose McGowan one. And other than that, I had to watch, uh, read the transcripts mm-hmm. on her website. Interesting. I don't um, know. What else? Oh, I found a, 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 I think everyone actually might like this. It's a crazy okay. podcast okay. Um, that is like a health diet podcast that is 180 degrees the opposite of goop and it's called it's called hungry girl chew the right thing have you heard of this no so she's this woman she's like this middle-aged sort of new jersey or long island type woman called the hungry girl and um she i guess has a very big following following i didn't i don't know why i'd never heard of her before but she has like a big Facebook live thing and a big podcast and she gets sent all of these packaged diet foods. And she, um, she and her like two co-hosts just eat and review every like garbage prepackaged diet food on the market and talk about it. Uh, it's very wait. fun. Hungry girl. Wait, is there like a blog this yeah, I think she, there's a blog too that she has. Um, the podcast is called Chew the Right Thing. And last week they just reviewed like all of the different flavored coffee mates. And um, she recommended <laughs> taking a rice cake and then taking a string cheese and blending the string cheese up in a blender and like spreading it on the rice cake and making pizza out of it that way. God bless her. These are my kinds of diets. I love this shit. I love eating truly unhealthy garbage i I mean it's such a it's such a throwback to like date like diets of yore and it's it it pretends like the whole sort of i don't know whole foods like clean eating goop style 
you know, stuff that we're, we've been taught about for the past, you know, 15 years just doesn't exist. And she's like living literally in the nineties. It's really, yeah, it's really good. It's the only thing that works. It's like my favorite way to eat, honestly, low fat, low cal. (laughs) But like, just cook something, just like make something from scratch. That's all you have to do. You don't have to like do all this crazy shit. Well, she is making something from scratch. She made pizza. That's true. She made it out of string cheese and rice. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I especially recommend this to you, Aggie, because I know that you will love this podcast. Um, yeah, I love this shit so much. Our listeners, I think, will, will enjoy it too if they yeah. want something completely different from, from Goop. Everybody needs a break from Goop once mm. in a while. I sure as hell do. <laughs> oh my God. Um, do we have any Gwyneth news? I don't think so. I just checked her Instagram. She posted a picture of herself and Apple. Yeah, she's posting a lot more of Apple. Apple's like sort of modeling for G label now, even though they don't show her face. Um, okay. They did. The only thing I saw in the New York Times, there was an article about uh, like this new Valentino campaign that is all models, models in loose terms, like just people that are modeling for Valentino, um, whose pictures are being taken by the people that they're quarantining with. And like the proceeds from this campaign are going to uh, a charity for the hospital in Italy that had to deal with a lot of the, um, like the the trauma from, from COVID. And oh, Gwyneth, Gwyneth was one of the models. And so it was like a picture of her lying on her back in this like beautiful black Valentino gown with a purse and Brad took the picture. Okay. It's pretty. Cool. Frances McDormand is in it. Um, uh, Jude Law's hot son who, oh God, I hope he's of age. I did not check, but he's a model um a bunch of people um i'm looking up for you oh yeah uh i think his name is like rafferty or something just make sure he's over 18 he has to be oh he's 23 oh perfect you're good i'm good at least in theory yeah oh but the other one is 17 i don't know what he looks like so doesn't matter how old he is I won't even open my eyes to a picture of him until he turns 18. Don't worry about it. Just worry about the 23-year-old. Yeah. Ooh, what else? What else? Oh, Moby is out at Little Pine, his vegan restaurant in Silver Lake. What do you mean? He, I guess people were like complaining, the employees were complaining that they like, didn't do enough to help everyone during um, COVID. So he decided to like divest from the restaurant and they're getting a new chef. And he says, I'm just going to concentrate on my music now. But he was never a chef. No, but he was like the the face. It seems like sort of like a UCB thing where they're like, eh, you're a problem. Um, so is he like no longer, and does he not own it anymore? Or like what? I think he's still technically part owner, but he's like not running operations there anymore. He was there when I went. Yeah, I think he was pretty involved. He was like holding court. No, he was eating. He was like sitting at a table with like a million people. And they were just like. I heard you know. the food's not very good there. I haven't been. Um, I thought the food was actually pretty good. It wasn't like, it wasn't, um, like cafe gratitude or something where it's like vegan food that like you've never had before or something. It was just like decent, good vegan food. Okay. That's good. I'll check it out eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Do, do, do. Okay. Well, I guess we're just going to go to the newsletters. Yeah. I can't really think of any other goop or Gwyneth news i mean like the jessica coslo thing we already covered and that's it that's about it yeah all right so what was your best of the week 
All right. My best of the week was the cohesive closet. Mm-hmm. Um, the woman, the like fashion woman at Goop, whatever her name is, has Allie. a, what is it? Allie. Allie. Allie Pugh, I think or something. Allie Pugh has a cohesive, has a way to have a cohesive closet. This is like the new way of doing like a shell wardrobe, I guess. Um, it's the same general idea, just like cleaning out your closet, re- like pretty regularly. It, the one new thing that she added, which I don't think I would do, but whatever is to have everything like kind of pick a palette and stick to it, which is like, I guess, but I feel like I don't want all my clothes to be like the same palette. I, I don't know. Is that, is that the right thing to do it? To me, I feel like I would be like playing a character in a movie, which is maybe the way to think about your life but i guess i mean i i browsed this article it did seem like everything but that piece of advice seems odd because i don't know that you ever that one person conforms to like a single palette like sometimes i want to wear bright colors and sometimes i want to wear you know black or white like i it's i'm i'm not you know i'm i contain multitudes yeah so do i but not ally she wears the same like blue khaki and white and black all the time so that's fine i guess if you're like a fashion person and you've you know you really really know what you look good in then i guess i could see you sort of uh zeroing in on like the few sort of colors and styles that you know your body looks good in whereas i have no idea so i'm just like oh this is this looks fine i mean i just think it's like if that's what you want it. I mean, I can see why it's fun to have like a really well organized closet where everything goes together and like, you know what all your outfits are. And when I have my closet organized in that way as when I'm like, it makes me feel good, but it's definitely not like all the same. Actually, I guess it sort of is. I guess I do sort of wear mostly similar. I'm like looking over at my clothes that are folded in the corner a lot of blacks yeah and you wear color but you don't typically wear like bright colors or like neon yeah no not usually um, you yeah you were more on the muted side muted uh, colors i tend to go for but yeah ali is i mean she knows what she's doing i guess yeah um i, I like wish it. i cared about organizing my closet but i just don't care about it at all I care about it, but I just don't do it. I just keep my stuff in like all my different, everything is like shoved in drawers and mm. I need to clean out my closet. I've been talking about it since quarantine started and maybe, maybe once I'm fully recovered, I'll, that's, that'll be my thing I do. Okay. Yeah. That's a good, a good goal yeah. to have. Yeah. I haven't done any like spring cleaning in the four and a half months I've been stuck at home. It's- I did a little bit like the first week and I was like, wow, this is going to change my life. And then I was like, oh, fuck this. Mm. And then I just became depressed. uh okay my best was the article called why walking rules oh yeah i knew you were gonna like that oh my god everyone knows i love to walk it's my favorite thing in the world to do yeah uh so this guy harley pasternak who i have heard of before he i don't know if he still does but he used to like always show this smoothie diet um that i tried for like a week what was it called is it the five factor world diet? I don't, I don't, that's his book. I don't think it was called that. It might've been, it might've been, I don't know. I just remember him always going on. I forget what podcast I, I would listen to some podcasts and he would just be like, 
drink, you know, replace one mo- one meal with a smoothie per day and that will help shed the pounds. Um, okay. And he would have like three, he had like a white smoothie, a red smoothie and a green smoothie. Um, and I tried them all and I tried to do his diet for like a week and then I got bored of it like everything else. Um, yeah. But he's like a trainer to the stars. Okay. And he, now he talks about walking all the time, which I agree. And everyone in Coop agrees um, that especially now when you can't go to a gym um, and for his new book, he, I guess, has researched like all the sort of blue zones or the people that are, you know, have super longevity. Yeah. And the uh, factor that plays into all of their cultures is everyone walks a lot. Um, Walking is great. So I, I think it just made me feel good that I'm like, actually doing something healthy habitually and I enjoy doing it and I feel like I will be a walker for the rest of my life like god willing I don't you know get run over by a bus yeah you're on the right side of history I am I'm on yeah that's the thing whenever goop has an article and I can say oh I'm already doing it that really makes me feel good oh I know me too me too I know Uh, in the surfing article, this they were like, you could wear these shorts that looked exactly like these shorts that I just got. And I was like, oh my God. Nice. I'm already there. You're already there. Same thing. I do want yeah. to increase my steps because Gwyneth does 10,000 steps a day, which is what I do. But Harley Pasternak recommends 12,000 steps a day. So I want to, I want to like boost, boost up and go to, go to Harley's level. You should do it. You could get to, if you're doing 10, you could get to 12. Yeah, easily. And I think that's what I was doing in Tahoe when I was like drinking a bottle of wine a night and not gaining weight. So I feel like that's, that's the key to everything. Got a walk. Uh, what was your worst? Let's see. My worst was the jeans self tan article. <laughs> um, just because this is like, none of this is new. Like this is all old stuff. It's like all the same old self tan products that they've been, she's been talking about like, Every, I, I don't know. It's like, I just, I feel like this was not a recycled article, but I mean, it may as well have been. I don't think there was like even any like new angle on it. I didn't really understand the point of it. No, the point of it was, oh shit, people aren't going out a lot this summer. We're selling a lot less self-tanner than usual. Gene, you have to like write an article about it. But I would think they'd be selling more self-tanner because if no one's going out, you have to fake it. I guess, but people aren't like going to events and stuff. So it's like, why, why bother? I guess I definitely have. I mean, but I never really do it. I did get a sunburn the other day. So that's something I'm in my own. I've got my own thing, but yeah, I I mean, just this like the tan water, the tanning mitt, the like garden of earthly delights, body lotion. I mean, it's like all nothing about this was new. No. Um, I, but I, do, I do want all of it. It's weird that I didn't realize like every self tanner product has the same active ingredient. There's only like one thing that helps you tan. That was a what piece it? of information. It's like, um, what is it called? DHA or something that it's a, sh- it's a something derived from sugar that stains the, the top dead layer of cells on your skin. Um, and that's what they use in i mean it's clean self-tanner thing traditional self-tanner everything has this the same compound in it huh that was the only thing i learned i'm not a self-tanner i i don't care about being tan i don't know i because i'm naturally pretty pale 
I don't feel like I look particularly good with a tan, so I don't know. It doesn't do anything. For I me. know I look better with a tan. Because you have, I mean, you have like a on more of like an olive complexion. You think? Y- yeah, like you have. I mean, not like like a swarthy Mediterranean or anything, but I feel like you you can tan. Like you you have that. You know, your skin has. That I feel like. Element. When I'm tan, I look better. But I used to go to the tanning beds when I lived in Chicago, which is like the worst thing for you. I went once or twice in New York in like college because I had these like girlfriends who were super into tanning and I would just go with them. But I always just got burnt. I mean, I definitely tanned in there, but I, it was more for like the, it was like the dead of winter in Chicago. And it was like, I just needed the, you like I just needed something <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean you probably just needed the vitamin d I think I needed the vitamin d I don't even think it was bad for me because it was Maybe so not. cold whatever it felt great uh yeah I did it once or twice and I I because I like I just knew about like my dad's history with melanoma and so I after doing it once or twice I just felt so like I felt worse about that than than like smoking cigarettes so I was like I need to stop doing this I mean it's bad for you I mean yeah, yeah definitely and like it's not I would never advocate for anyone no, no, to do no. it but I used to do it I don't know maybe I'll maybe I'll pick up a bottle of self tanner and I don't know because it just like evens out your skin like you can see all of the little like imperfections and stuff when you're like really pale the one time i tried self-tanner i like stained my clothes i just it just wasn't worth it for me i don't know yeah you really gotta watch the wrists knees and ankles that's mm. the problem with self-tanner that's where it gets like cloudy and really bad i've had a couple of mishaps with that but mostly when i was like a kid yeah yeah um well. my worst was the composting article okay, i've gone i've i've gone full circle i was like excited to try composting and then after this article i'm like never am i going to do this this is so complicated i can't even begin to imagine doing this with my life why don't you just put your shit in a bucket and then dump it in the green bin no apparently not sorry they so I think some cities, like I know in San Francisco and I think even in like Santa Monica, the green bin, see, I thought, I thought this, this, I thought the same thing that you did. The green bin only counts as composting in certain cities that do composting. So if you live in Santa Monica or if you live in San Francisco, you can do that. But if you live in the city of LA, in order to compost, you have to actually go to one of these composting centers or like a composting garden share or whatever, which we've, we talked about the last time we talked about composting or you actually do it at home, which means if you have an outdoor space, you have to dig a trench and like bury your food scraps in the yard. Or if you want to do it inside, you have to get a bucket with like a pound of worms um, and feed your food scraps to the worms. I don't think this is true. That's what it says in this article. Like if you don't have the worms. I used to work for this family that composted and they just had like a, they lived in Los Feliz and they had a bucket under the sink and we just like put the shit in it. And then the housekeeper, cause everybody, they had like a full staff and the housekeeper would just take it out. And I don't put think in the they were, bin. they were not really composting. I think they were just making themselves feel better. That sounds like them. According to Goop. 
yeah. unless they had worms or unless they like you like drove to I think in Griffith Park there's one or in some farmers markets and you have to like put you have to like actually put your scraps in the, the composting thing like the green bin it just goes in a I mean not a dump but like basically a dump for plants which it's not underground which is not actually composting interesting I had no idea well there you go <sighs> I don't know uh I was thinking I mean okay. it would it would be nice to like dig a trench in my backyard but I didn't really understand how often like do you have to dig a trench every time or can you use the same trench and like I think bury... it's the same trench but then you have a big hole filled with your old rotting yeah. food you don't want that I don't think you do or if you Unless I mean you move to like a farm it's like there are different rules for f people who live on farms and people who live in cities we live in a big city okay like we're not gonna do all we should we can't be expected to fucking compost and raise our own chickens and do all this fucking stuff like we live in a city yeah just i mean maybe try to just consume less that's the only thing we can really do i don't know i don't know either i just know i can't i can only do what i, I can only do so much yeah what was your craziest or saddest My craziest was one of the Sakara girls is back with a list of her 13 ways to make life more pleasurable or something oh is yeah uh yeah from bathroom sink to kitchen counter 13 ways to make life at home more pleasurable and one of the things that she suggested that you do is supercharge your water. And she said that her mom lives in Arizona and is a water fanatic who distills her water with a distilling machine that's too big for her New York counter space. So she just has a good three-part filter, which to me is, I think in general, our fear of drinking tap water is like, one of the it's like is totally insane like tap water is safe to drink yeah unless Don't you're living in flint michigan or something right but if you live in a place where the water is safe like you're fine like what are people afraid is in their water like i don't even use i got rid of my brita i don't do any of it i straight up just drink tap water yeah i mean we use a brita because i think john cares more about it and it's more about like the temperature just like keeping it cold in the refrigerator i'm fine with tap water i grew up in the bay area where everyone like prides themselves on how good the tap water is and then yeah. like i moved to new york which is another place where people are like obsessed with how good their tap water is um and I'll use a Brita, but like, I don't care. People are, I mean, it's the fluoride that people are concerned about, which I think is pretty is much that really what it is? Yeah, it's like, and, and, then, and then like mineral content. I mean, people, people are just scared of everything. And that's why I think in LA, there was a, a fad a few years ago about alkalized water. Now I think that is sort of um, a thing of the past. Yeah, but I mean. It's, yeah, it's something you don't have to worry about. No. And it's just like another thing to spend money on when it's like you have this like free resource, but it's like, it's just like, to me, it's pure elitism where it's like, I won't drink the common water. I must For have sure. water. For sure. I just, I think regular water is totally fine. I'm a, to I, I went full, basically I used to be afraid to drink the tap water. I had a Brita. I like ran out of Brita filters I was like, I use this water in cooking. Why can't I not drink it? And I just started drinking it. And I was like, this is fine. Yeah. And I, 
don't you think or maybe i'm just getting used to it i feel like la wa tap water tastes better than it used to or something or maybe i'm just used to it maybe i don't know i also don't really notice i also hate water and i only drink it when i have to <laughs> i love water so much i drink so much of it i'm constantly feeling dehydrated yeah. uh i constantly have at least one glass of water i usually have like four or five glasses of water around my apartment and john gets mad at me because i use like literally every cup we have every day for water yeah um, every time you come over to my house which you don't do obviously, i get a water you immediately go to the kitchen and yep. get a water i need it i need it at all times yeah uh right now i have i'm looking at two separate pint glasses of water um within two feet of me right now well that's good do you feel hydrated uh i do except next time you're talking for a while i'm gonna take a break and take a big gulp do you feel panicky if you can't because i've known people who like would get like panic like would always be afraid they're gonna run out of water so they'd be like I, they'd always want to have water around them because they're like afraid to run out i don't feel panicky like i'm existentially gonna run out of water but i do feel like if i don't have access to water at all times i will get dehydrated like if i go to a movie uh i have to go to i always have to go to like the drinking fountain and and drink as much water as possible before the movie and then so immediately when i go to a movie theater i go to the drinking fountain i stay there for as long as i possibly can handle drink as much water as i can i immediately go to the bathroom to pee regardless if i have to pee or not because i just assume that'll take care of it and then i go to the movie because i know i'll be two hours without water well why don't you just get a water and bring it into the movie with you i'm not gonna buy a like seven dollar water you know or like bring a bottle of water yeah sometimes i do sometimes i bring a bottle of water or but like if, I, if you got like a diet coke would you be like that's not it's not the same yeah. it's not water yeah <laughs> water i do like water i do like a soda at the movie theater but well i mean it is water it's like derived from water but i don't think it like quenches your thirst mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm a water person. I've also, I never really looked at Saqqara before today. Like we've talked about it in depth. And I know I, it just really hit me today. Like you've talked about, it. I know you own their cookbook. Uh -huh. Um, but I never, I just, I want it. So, I mean, it's so ridiculously expensive. Their delivery service is $70 a day. And apparently it's not very good. And is I feel not, okay. like you wouldn't you would definitely not be happy. No, I would, I would clearly be extremely hungry if I was yeah. eating Saqqara three meals a day. Yeah, I don't think you would like it. And that makes me feel better that it supposedly doesn't taste good because they're advertising. I mean, it looks so good. And like the menus that they plant, it just looks so beautiful and like fancy. Um, and you get to have like the detox tea. Yeah, I made one of their like salad. They have this like black rice salad in their cookbook that I made once that was actually really good. Also good. But I've only made the one thing from it. They they seem like recipes that are I mean similar to goop recipes. They seem like pretty complicated to make and expensive to make. Yeah, they're more complicated I think than goop recipes oh my God, and more really? expensive. Because well, with Goop, it's like we know them so well. We know where to fudge it. We know where to compromise. We know what we can cut. But with this stuff, it's like I really don't know what they're having me do. It's like it, it's like every it's the single thing is like some sort of like seed or powder or whatever. It's like there's nothing. 
Like there's nothing to hang your hat on with these recipes. Like they're really just like a bunch of powder. <laughs> it's a bunch of Yeah. Well, cause they have like the, the level two delivery, which is their detox one, which is $400 for I think five days, three days. I don't know. God. Um, and they recommend you don't do it unless you've already completed level one of Saqqara. I mean, it's, it's like a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Uh, well, um, do they even deliver? Cause I think they used to only be in New York. No, I checked. They deliver all over the continental U S I even put in my zip code and they, they deliver to me. And then I was thinking, Oh, I'll just do lunch. But even lunch is $26 a day. And I'm like, I mean, that's, I did spend $26 on lunch the other day. Cause I just needed a poke bowl and I got it delivered. Yeah, I mean, that's you not an everyday thing. Green every single day for that, oh, and yeah, spend less than that. Totally. Hmm, interesting. But that was actually that was the thing I would buy, even though I won't. Is Sakara? I mean, I would always. It's always. I'm actually like cured of my desire to do Sakara. I think after like the last person messaged us and was like, "I did it," and I it sucked, and I'm like, mm. "Okay, I don't want it anymore." Okay, that makes me feel better. Yeah. Um, oh, my craziest. Okay. So Jean had two articles this week and you already talked about the self tanning article. Um, the one that was called ants exfoliation and my new naked morning routine was my craziest, uh, and crazy in a good way. This was like the gene of your, the sort of eccentric kooky gene, um, who's just a great writer. Mm -hmm. And so she talks about, she talks about body positivity at first. She says, feeling good about ourselves, our bodies, uh, in a culture that reduces us to parts is a journey that's best approached as a routine. Um, she's sort of saying how people command you, uh, to immediately have self-acceptance and love, embrace your size, love yourself. Age is just a number. And she's saying like, intellectually, it takes more than that. Like it's a process that you're never going to like completely love yourself 100%. But then she goes on a tangent about crows and ants she says one morning six or seven crows landed in my yard and crowded on the ground by a tree like passengers waiting in line for the bus they jostled they jockeyed fluffed out their feathers crowded into queue and grudgingly took turns was there water in the tree they were after we looked later in the day and noticed a little water along with a bunch of ants so she thought maybe crows ate ants and then she googled it and apparently she says Crows are fond of standing on ant hills, not because they like to eat ants, but because they like the feeling of ants running all over their bodies. So she compares ants running over crows' bodies to her love of exfoliation. And then she says, so anting, as it is officially called, seems to mimic the effects of, say, an, a nice exfoliation followed by a bit of soothing moisturizer. And it is apparently so enjoyable that some crows exhibit addictive behavior, uh, addictive behavior toward it. Wow. And then she lists, you know, all the goop exfoliators. And I was like, what a crazy, like roundabout, just specific thing to make you think of like goop products. I mean, I guess like she'll get there by any means necessary, but like, that is really interesting. I did not know that. And that's really cool. And kind of cute and crazy and gross it's cute and gross if you really think about crows just like standing and like wanting ants to crawl all over them it is i mean it scares me to think about like walking up on a crow that's covered in ants yeah (laughs) 
Because <laughs> crows are already so scary because people say how smart they are and that they remember specific people. Yes. Uh, and I have a ton of crows on my block. Like I am knee deep in crows all the time. Do and I feel they remember you? I feel it. Like, well, yeah, because I don't I don't fuck with them. I feel like we have an okay relationship. When I see them, I like give them their space. Yeah. Uh but I do I would not want to get on their bad side. Yeah. This I think a lot of birds, I'm reading about anting right now. Lots of birds do it. Weird, weird, weird. Sometimes birds will pick up an ant with their beak and rub it all over themselves. To, because it just feels good? Um, that's called active anting when they do that, or the bird lies in an area of high density of insects and performs dust bathing like movements for passive anting. The insects secrete liquids containing chemicals such as formic acid, which can act as insecticide. They are insects, miticide, fungicide, or bactericide. Oh, so it's like cleaning. They're like, bathing it could make the insects edible by removing the distasteful acid or possibly so supplement the bird's own preen oil this does <laughs> sound very goopy instead uh, of ants birds can also use millipedes ew uh, more than 200 but, species of bird are known to ant i mean now definitely next time i see a crow i'm gonna check to see if they have ants crawling all over them because it's like ew. black on black so you wouldn't necessarily see it I think it's something they do, like, you know when they're doing it. It's like taking a bath in ants. Like, they're rubbing the ants on them and, like, rub, rolling around in it. Like, they're they're not just, like, flying around with ants on them. Like, they're getting in there, I think. Wow. I mean, and it's cool that Jean, she, you know, her mind, she has a lot of interests that doesn't just have to do with beauty products. And her yeah. mind um, goes in lots of different directions. And when she's curious about something, she Googles it and finds yeah. the answer instead of just wondering about it, which I respect. Yeah, a beautiful mind. She has a beautiful mind. <laughs> uh, okay, what would you try? I mean, of course I would try the MDMA-assisted psychotherapy. Did you listen to the podcast? No, did Ugh. you? I, I got about 10 minutes in, and then it was just so boring. I don't know. I love Gwyneth Paltrow so much for so many different reasons, but her podcast is so boring. It's I just boring. Like it. I, I mean, know. it's more popular than ours. Well, I mean, going to talk for long. But yeah, whatever. I didn't listen to it. I barely even read the article, but I just have been wanting to do MDMA assisted psychotherapy for so long. I do think MDMA is therapeutic. Um, I also read a book um, called A Really Good Day about the, by Ayelet Waldman, who's Michael Shaben's wife and um, a writer too. And it's her memoir about um, doing like microdosing um, LSD for mm. like um, issues like depression, and mm. it's really interesting. I don't know. I I feel like there are like drugs like this are definitely like have been well researched, and like people know that it that they're effective. But like people don't want to use like someone public opinion or something is just like too sketched out by the idea of using like um, psychedelic drugs for for psychological benefits. Yeah, I think in the past few years, it seems like all this stuff has gone a lot more mainstream as I mean, I think a generation of people who like used MDMA recreationally. <laughs> 
as I mean, you know, people have of like varying degrees of experience. Like I know, I know people that, you know, did M like I had a good friend actually in high school who it was her first time ever doing MDMA. And I mean, it, she probably had underlying things as well, but she like became very depressed for months afterwards after doing um, ecstasy for the first time. And then like I, and some of my other friends just always had wonderful times on MDMA. Uh, I haven't done it in over a decade probably. Um, But man, hey, kids, if you ever want to have a good time, put on, I'm going to sound so old, put on Radiohead's Kid A. Oh my God. Look outside and take some MDMA and sit on a couch and you'll have the best night ever. Oh my God, Ryan. That's sad. <laughs> They're not going to listen to Kid A. They're going to listen to like, like Billy Eilish. Oh I don't even know. I don't even know what they like. No, it's, it's, I mean, it's probably the same as like when I was that age and some old hippie was like, hey, listen to Pink Floyd. And I was like, shut up, old man. Yeah, like listen to Pink Floyd. Ugh, now I am that old man. Kid A is definitely our Pink Floyd. Sad. It's a great album. It's so good. And it's even better on MDMA. Yeah, actually, you know what? I take it back. I've never had a great experience on I also have felt like incredibly depressed after taking MDMA. Because if you like are, if you have like depression, it's like the amount of serotonin that's Mm -hmm. released. It's like your brain can't make enough to like make up for it. And so it's like, you will just be like in a huge depression for like a long time after that happened to me too, actually. But what I had, like, the best effect, the best thing is mushrooms. That, like, that is truly, like, a magic drug, I think. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know anyone who's had, like, bad. I, I don't like mushrooms because they just physically sort of make me feel sick. Um, and really? it doesn't give me the, oh God, I'm just such a fucking crackhead. I just like drugs that have a little bit of that upper to them. And, oh yeah, it doesn't have any. It doesn't like have that. that. Yeah, it's like purely just like, um, yeah, it's like purely psychological. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess uh, I did take a lot of mushrooms. I was at Bonnaroo. This God, I'm so old. In like 2006, I was at Bonnaroo, and um, I was on a lot of mu- mushrooms when Cat Power played, and I just remember her set was so good, and I just remember watching her like turn into a spider on stage. Um, Kids, ask your parents who Cat Power is. Yeah. <laughs> she was always like acting drunk on stage and stuff. Well, too. she wasn't just acting drunk. She had like a horrible drinking problem. Oh, really? Yeah, she like went. I mean, now I think she's sober. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, the one time I saw her, she was like, she couldn't get through her set. She, that like, was, I, yeah, I think when I saw her, it was like sort of after, like she was a little bit more. Um, had a little more self-esteem because I had friends who would see her in college. Like my friend Beth, I remember was obsessed with her in college and she had seen her like 20 times. And she says she's like never been able to finish the set. Cause she yeah, she's like crying. falling off her chair. Like she was like falling out. She was like sitting on a chair and she kept like falling out of it. And it was really crazy. But that's why people liked her. Yeah. I, and then afterwards someone was like, Oh, that's like her bit. Like it's not real. So then I've always believed that. Oh, and it like, might. I mean, she might have played it up. I don't know. Like when when I saw it, because it, it was after that album, The Greatest, came out. And so she was playing her shows with like a big like like brass band. So it was a little more jazzy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. This is not a music podcast. No, definitely not. Um, but yeah, take mushrooms. Take MDMA if you're not suffering from depression. Um, 
take cocaine if you want to have fun. Yeah. Uh, those are really all my recommendations. Those are great recommendations. Okay, so what would you, did you say try? No, I would try, oh, yeah, that article just called Visual Language 13 Artists Inspiring Us Right Now. I like that too. I just want to try like actually getting into art or like following artists on Instagram, you know? Yeah, I do now. I'm like really bad about that. I never I, know who any artists are. No, I'm so stupid. Like I, I feel like I'm, I used to be, when I lived in New York, Right. I don't know. I would like go to the biennial and like, no, I mean, I wasn't very knowledgeable about artists, but I would know like at least who the, maybe like the top three, like hot artists are. Yeah, and no now idea. I have no idea. And I'm like these fucking women who work for goop, like also know so much more about art than I do. And it just made me feel insecure. And I was like, I need to be a little bit more knowledgeable about contemporary art. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm going to take that one. Um, but yeah, what, cause I don't know who to follow. So it's like, I, I should just follow, I guess, galleries and museums and they will sort of tell me what artists to follow. I don't know. I guess. And then I always just end up like, I mean, I'm just too stupid to know who anybody is. Yeah. I know, um, like Ryan to Cardin, I know Matthew Barney and, I don't know, Mike Kelly. That's about it. I only knew like who one of those people were. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. What would you buy? My buy is living libations, mm-hmm. face oil. And I actually went on the waiting list for it because it's this face oil that was in, I think it was in the like surfer girl oh, yeah. story. Oh, well, um, that was one of my saddest. That whole story. I was like, if you love surfing, move away from new york like when oh yeah take the subway two hours to go to the beach it's like oh get Mm -hmm. out of there i mean if you live in la you have to drive like yeah that's that's true she's it's meet the new yorker flipping the script on surfing um and it was just like all of the stuff that she wears this is also the one where i have like almost the same shorts and got excited but she oh no Sorry, I'm wrong. It was not in this article. It was in one of them. Anyway, there's this living libations face oil that is like, oh, it might have actually been in the Sakara Girls one. It was in the Sakara Girls one. What's so, her name? Whitney Tingle. Her name is. That's a great Whitney name. Tingle. Yes. What it a is. name! What a name. Um, teaching Mrs. Tingle. Um. <laughs> He recommends Living Libations Best Skin Ever Face Oil Seed Buckthorn, and it's only $31. So I immediately tried to buy it. It was sold out, and I got on the wait list. Uh, interesting. That I mean, $31, that's like a great deal. It's a great deal, and it's like a cleanser oil one. I put myself on the wait list for the $300 headphones that like teach you how to play tennis. Did you see that? No, I didn't. It was in the walking article next to the Fitbit. And it's like some smart headphones that like help you with your motor skills. Wait, so do you need to, sorry, John was standing behind you when you said that and he turned around like the second you said, I put myself on the wait list for those 300 headphones that teach you how to play tennis. (laughs) 
and I couldn't even look at him because I was like, I'll, if I look at him right now, I'll, I'll laugh. But then I just had to say what happened. He came in um, briefly to grab his cup of coffee. Yeah, but he just like happened to be right. And I like saw him over his shoulder. Anyway, I, <laughs> um, okay. So you want the... Or they're $400. They're called Halo Sport 2. Uh, so aside from Sakara, this is the thing I would buy. Um, it says it emits cranial electric currents to help improve learning and performance for movement from hitting a backhand to playing the guitar. Okay. I don't so really you, understand how it works. Like, do you need... So it's like headphones that have like lesson, like pre-recorded lessons on it that you listen to? I don't, I think it's just like the vibrations. I think you have to also have like a podcast or something that is teaching you. I have no idea. It sounds like something for like people with um, maybe more advanced age. Who might oh, I thought you were going to say advanced tennis playing skills. Assistance with like motor skills and stuff. Um, I, I mean, I've always had trouble with my motor skills. Fair. I feel like I, I was always like the worst person at most sports or at video games. Um, yeah, me so too. Like, I'm always like falling down. And stuff. Yeah, I feel like I could, <laughs> I could use some, some good vibrations. So yeah, I'm on the it, waiting list. We'll see when it becomes available. We'll see when it hits. If the Bernie bucks come through for another round. Oh. Maybe. Guys, as we said last week, either call your Congress people, make sure those Bernie bucks get re-upped or if you can't do that, go to our Patreon. Yes, we have a Patreon. If we get a hundred new Patreon subscribers, I'll try Sakara <laughs> and tell you about it. Okay. That's a deal. We won't be able to afford for both of us to try. I, know, even, I was like, that's so sad. Even like with a hundred Patreon subscribers, we'll just still be able only to get one Sakara. Yeah. The, we'll get one. If we get a hundred Patreons, we'll get one Sakara and I get to try it too. Yeah. I'll save it for you when you're able to come over in months. Yeah. Okay. Great. That sounds fantastic. Seriously, please go to, go to our Patreon. Also we have merch, like we've got shirts, we've got tote bags. Gwyneth, Peltro herself literally wore one of our shirts. Who else can say that except for every brand that advertises on Goop? But who but, else I can mean, say say that about a twenty dollars t shirt? No one. No one. All you have to do is like specifically make it about her and like the closest people in her life and stalk her for years, yeah. and she will eventually wear it. We should try to do that for like other stars that we are obsessed with just to see if they'll like we just we just like make one of those shirts with four of their best friends names and then see if they'll take the bait like gail and oprah and Stedman yeah. and um dr phil and dr phil Ugh. never never never, no, never 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 um okay guys uh thank you so much for listening to our podcast also go on apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating or a nice review it helps people find the podcast and uh we'll be back next week with a podcast and also a bonus patreon podcast so we'll talk to you soon bye bye If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.